Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's the Benefits and Wellness Superhero Podcast. This podcast is designed to help professionals develop the skills needed to get complete leadership buy-in on group benefits and shine a light on what's changing in the wellness space. Listen to tips and strategies that'll help you become a superhero in the eyes of employees and management. Welcome to a special episode of the Benefits and Wellness Superhero Podcast. I'm the host today, Bill Bannum, and I'm the host because I'm joined by your usual host with the most, Roger Thorpe. Hey, Roger, how are you doing today? I'm good, Bill. It's actually nice to be in the same room. This is kind of cool. Yeah, very we're, we're, different. We're live from the Thorpe Benefits <laughs> office today. That's right. Day two kicked off with a session with with you and Nicole. Uh, and that was called Choosing and Comparing Health and Wellness Vendors. And uh, mm-hmm. within that, you guys offered a number of ways to get an unbiased approach to evaluate the tools and vendor services that are worth adding to your wellness solution. Talk mm-hmm. to us a bit about some of the key takeaways from, from that one. Sure. Well, obviously, it's a sea of uh, wellness vendors out there right now. It's getting really hard to um, to really understand what everyone does, how to compare them. So, um, you know, we, I think what we did was to give people an idea of what are the different categories of vendors? Um, not even to say, even pulling back that vendors are the ultimate solution to wellness because they're not, you really have to do a number of things in the foundation of a wellness strategy before a vendor even becomes appropriate. Um, but Nicole Cairns, our wellness director, Uh, really took us through all the different kinds of vendor categories that are out there, how some of them kind of layer together, you know, how you're with your strategy, which ones might fit best. And then even better, uh, we then compare them on certain metrics or certain comparable platforms, I guess you could say, from something as simple as, you know, is it an easy platform or is it more effort required to run it? Um, Can it you know, kind of run on its own, or do you have to be actively involved in it? Um, all really good comparatives, I thought, because these are the things you have to think about as to how you're going to run it, because it has to run not just for a month, it has to be continuous if you're going to get any value from it. So I thought it was a great unbiased approach to what is ultimately a very biased marketplace in terms of um, people are selling these tools to you. And I think you need some clarity, someone in the middle to sort of show you the way, right? So um, good step in terms of people who are looking at longer term plans, they might want to come to us and then continue that conversation. And again, just to reiterate, uh, you know, if you want to get a copy of uh, this material. Um, so for example, with this session here, there's a fantastic checklist of things that you should consider when uh, when selecting vendors and services and how to integrate them. Then do mm-hmm. get in contact. And I'm sure we'll give you Roger's details again towards the end. The next session on day two was called Reduce, Reducing the Stress and Anxiety Around Managing Money. Um, that's always helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's with uh, an awesome guy called Jay Seabrook, who's over at the Enrichment Academy. Take a minute or so and tell us about that. Yeah, um, such an important conversation, given that we know that employees tell us that managing money is one of the leading factors around stress. Um you know, from just simply, you know, managing from one paycheck to another or understanding how debt and managing debt might be, um, you know, we were really never taught this uh, during school, whereas I know my kids are now, and that's amazing. But um, 
now as adults, we need to kind of go back to school and learn some of these things without having to learn it the hard way. We even got into conversation about, you know, between partners in a family, you know, one person manages the money. What if the other person doesn't know what's going on? Communicating clearly and openly about what you're going to spend on, right? Having a budget. Um, so some really good fundamentals come from uh, this type of financial literacy, ultimately, that you can take a course on. Uh, and again, it's, it's appropriate for, uh, for anyone at any adult stage. Um, but Jay is a real professional and um, their organization has created something really, really powerful that can be put in from all the way from schools all the way up through uh, organization, corporate organizations. So, so it probably will whet the appetite and encourage people to want to go further and see what they can do around financial well-being in their company. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh, and then the next session was called Best Tools Available to Assess and Measure Your Benefits and Wellness Investments. Um, I, I think our listeners now are seeing what the theme is here. Mm -hmm. um, you can have all of the tools to be able to go to uh, the, the, the C-suite and, and make your case and whatnot. Um, talk to us a bit about this session. Yeah, uh, what was interesting about this one was that even just assessing in the first place is a, is a, is a tricky conversation. So, you know, are we willing to really look at, the, say, the health of our employees and do something about it? Some of us are happier just to not to know. I mean, think of whether you want to go to the doctor for a physical. Some people would just rather just keep going, right? Yeah. But you have to know the truth. And it's daunting, but you really do. And assessing employee health on an individual basis, privately, I need to know how I'm doing. But on an aggregate, I probably need to know what the health of my entire company is. Because it's likely going to make a difference to my productivity, my success as a business. So using assessment tools on those various levels is going to be key. Um, and then, of course, kind of what to do about it as a result of that. Um, now, we looked, we talked about assessment, not just from the wellness standpoint, but also from the even the benefit standpoint, which we have, you know, it's been a year or more since we launched our benefit success score, which was for the first time, it gave people a chance to look at is my benefit plan really making an impact, not just on the basis of a renewal rate or uh, if the design of it, it looks appealing or not. There's so many more things to measure. So that's another tool that I think people should consider using among many other wellness tools, whether it's employee surveys and things like that, to kind of understand how you're doing. And obviously we want to be able to see improvement, right? So uh, whether it's personal health or all the way for, to benefit success, um, we want to see if even if we're not doing well, we should be able to say, well, in a year or two, let's see what kind of improvement we can make. So I thought that was a great kind of um, sort of reality check session um, between Nicole, Karens and I and uh, people again can check it out on their own. Just a little follow up on that one. Sure. Uh, the benefit success score, if you haven't heard about it so far, listeners, it's a really, really helpful tool. Uh, created by, by Roger and the team. Can you just tell our listeners a bit more about how you guys created it? Uh, what what yeah. are some of those metrics? What are some of those considerations behind the tool? Sure. Well, I guess, um, you know, the, the so-called so success of benefits is a combination of how well the team is doing in managing the plan itself and what is the employee experience. So uh, from the team point of view, 
It's really, do they know, are they comfortable with the financial aspects of it? Do they know where it's headed? Have they crash tested it? Um, can they you know, forecast where they're going to be where spending in the future? Do they internally have the right support system to administer the plan properly, um, to communicate it com- clearly and effectively as well? So the administration, the financial, the communication, the design of the plan ultimately, is it as flexible and creative as it should be for today? And then we do get into questions related to the wellness side of whether more or less whether you're actually doing anything and even though, you know, we should be. (laughs) So it's, it's, again, it's a good reality that, you know, if I have a great so-called benefit plan, but I'm not communicating it, I'm not really administering it very well, kind of letting it run behind the scenes. And that is very common to actually see that. But in fact, what you find is that the plan is not giving you much back. So if you measure it deeply on those on those levels, um, you get a score and you actually can say, why did I do that? Why why did I score that way? And then they get a commentary report back from us as to where they can improve. They don't have to do anything about it. But again, it's better to know where you stand and then you can decide if you want to upgrade or improve or fill the gaps. So having an actual score, I think, is pretty telling. And the score is out of 100? Yes. And when folk have employed the benefits success score so far, well, what, are, what are typical numbers they're getting? And is that surprising them? <laughs> well, I think, you know, people who do the score probably most often do it when they realize, you know, I think we should be uh, spending more time on this and investing more effort. So they typically don't score very well, but it is, it's a pretty high bar and it should be, right? Because we're trying to achieve much greater outcomes than people typically um, so I guess it's raising expectations, really. And I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that reality check again. And then people can say, well, you know, we can spend much more time on, say, communication. That's where we're going to get our, our real uh, bang for our time that we have. Um, so you don't have to do it all at once. It can really prioritize for you where do you want to spend the effort to make things ultimately better. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty effective. Okay. And then the final session on day two was with Kim Freeburn from the CFO Center. And that was called mm-hmm. How HR and Finance Departments Work Together and Create Buy-in from Owners and Leadership Teams. Uh, again, we can see the theme here. Um, mm-hmm. This, this uh, symposium gave the attendees all of the tools, all of the information they needed to, to make a better business case for their benefits and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a bit about that session. Well, the people who are listening to this can probably relate to that dynamic, right, between the finance department and the HR department, and they they intermingle together, but they make decisions together. So, and not everything is a financial decision. Not everything is just a pure human resource decision. So there's things to learn about those people, how to bring those parties together more often um, so that, you know, you not only can build sort of um, the emotional case for things, but you can also uh, finish off with, say, the logical or the financial business case of things. So interesting that just Kim really spoke to the how these two teams can work better and more collaboratively together, as opposed to it being one as a checkpoint for the other. Um, and I think people realize how important uh, human resources is to the success of a business now. 
and HR and finance people are also saying, you know, we have to work together and we have to get your ideas forward. Um, and, and collectively, if they have ownership or other stakeholders involved, you know, these things are made for the right reasons and behind the purpose of the business, right? Um, so, um, so again, it's, it's an ongoing challenge to sort of figure out the dynamic between these two departments, but uh, I think it was well received. And Kim is in a very unique position because she can see it sort of from, from her experience from both sides. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, Roger, we are just about to wrap up this particular conversation live from the Thorpe Benefits <laughs> office. That's right. Uh, before we do, I'd, I'd love to ask you now how our listeners can connect with you, how they can learn more, how they, they can get copies of these materials. Again, please, please mm -hmm. ram that home. And uh, just to add as well, um, for those folk who are lucky enough to be in beautiful Toronto, uh, Roger will be talking at a, an event that I'm organizing this summer. Um, so please do watch this space and I'll, I'll be sharing more details about that. But uh, there will be opportunities to to meet Roger in person and, and hear from mm -hmm. him again. Um, but please do wrap up by telling our listeners a bit more about how they can connect with you and again, how they can get a copy of some or all of these amazing materials. Yeah, uh, well, they just have to ask <laughs> what we would love to have obviously a conversation around these things because yeah, we can, we can give you the video, um, but you probably want to know how it applies to you because you're going to say, but we have this or we have this. And so we can address those specific uh, concerns. So they can go to our website. Certainly they can email me directly to Roger at thorpebenefits.com. We can connect on LinkedIn and we can have a conversation there People should know, though, people don't engage with Thorpe Benefits until they really have felt like we are a resource that they want to, uh, you know, depend on. And they, in many cases, are ready at that point to upgrade from where they've come from before. So um, people should feel free to use, and I say this kind of funny, as use and abuse as much of what we have to offer. Ask us questions. Use us as a back channel. Um, but when they're ready, they can certainly get more, uh, more specific about the things that they want to work on. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to uh, say, hey, thanks very much for letting me be the host today. Thank you for doing that. I can't do both. <laughs> you can't do both. <laughs> I mean, you can have a conversation talking with yourself, I guess. I guess I could. That could be a problem further down the line <laughs> if you're talking to yourself too much. Um, but for now, Roger, this has been fun. It has. Uh, live from the Thought Benefits office. I've had a great time. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Bill. That was a great chat. Appreciate it.